Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And, you know, today, this is the new episode of the year. So 2021, I could not be more excited to have a goals-driven episode focus with our special guest than I could. I mean, this is just so exciting. So Laura, and I'm, boy, I'm not even going to try to speak your last name. Laura, what is your last name for our audience? D. Benedetto. D. Benedetto. Yes. Did I say it right? Okay. So there we go. We've there we go. We've got Laura We're with us. We're off to a great start. We are <laughs> off to a great start. You know, Laura's stories um, began with bowling, abuse, bankruptcy, and burnout. She overcame everything, building a successful business at age 19 and went on to retire at 37 with a six-figure passive income. You know, she's learned the formula to build a life of joy and now follows her passion to share her message with others. You know, as we're recording this podcast episode, you know, Laura is coming to us from Maui. And so I think anybody who's listening to this, she is speaking her truth and walking the talk. You know, she's helped hundreds of entrepreneurs build and grow profitable enterprises entirely on their terms. And that is the reason why we have Laura as our special guest today. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me as your guest. Yeah. Okay. So where in that story would you like to jump in and share with the audience? Like what's the most poignant place that you want to share in your story? Sure. Everybody has their story and everybody has gone through some really hard stuff in their lives. I don't care who you are, where you are, you've been through some hard things. And it's really, really easy to take a listen to my introduction and think, wow, she's got it all together. Cool. What could I possibly learn because we don't have anything in common? And that's where I want to jump in. We have lots in common because we've all been through hell, myself included. And, um, you know, like you said, yeah, I have overcome bankruptcy and abuse and bullying and a lot of things that really would threaten to completely derail any prosperity I might have just as a human. Um, and, And many times they did. What happened though is I ended up on this crazy hamster wheel for years, constantly chasing approval from others because I never felt like I had it. I didn't approve of myself either. I didn't feel good about myself and I was constantly chasing the emotional highs that you get from achievement, from money, from stuff, from nice things. And what ended up happening is when I got to the quote unquote finish line, when I had a really, really huge career achievement at 37, well, it didn't feel like anything and it should have felt amazing. And it was like, you know, what you would imagine would have happened didn't. It was the whole, you know, the hero of the movie rides off into the sunset on their white horse and, you know, it's all perfect, (laughs) except it wasn't. It was a vacuum. It was just a hole for all these feelings that were unmet. They were lots of feelings of still not feeling good enough, still not feeling worthy or like I deserved anything. It was at that moment, I finally got angry enough to do something about it. 
And I started on a research project because this is what entrepreneurs do. We're fixers. We see problems. We're like, Ooh, I can solve that. Ooh, I can solve that one too. There's always a tendency to wrap a business around the problem solving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. And all that goes with it. Yes, exactly. Nobody's immune. Anybody's listening to this. We're not immune. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I went on this quest to figure out, well, what is happiness really? Because turns out I have no idea and I've been chasing the wrong stuff for 20 years and I'm coming up empty handed. Like what's wrong here? So I did this project to evaluate what happy people had in common. And is there a magic formula that I'm just not aware of? Like if I do 15 jumping jacks every morning before sunrise and hop on one foot and turn to the east, will I be happy then? I didn't know what the formula was. So I just had this feeling that there was one and I was a self-help junkie. I would be consuming audiobook after audiobook after course after retreats. And I did all these things and they felt so great in the moment. It's like shopping feels great for some of us in the moment and buying a house feels great in the moment, but then the high wears off. And for me, the high kept wearing off with every book, with every retreat. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Why is this not sustainable? So that was the question I wanted to answer. And I started doing tons of research to find the answers. I found them and it was not what I expected. It wasn't this ritualistic thing. It was actually all about changing the way you think and the way you process life, how you interact with it, how you interact with others, with yourself, with what happens in a given day. And I was like, oh, oh, that's, that's big. Wonder if I can do this. I'm pretty stubborn. So then I started researching the science of habit. Now, as I say, I say this as the CEO of a marketing company, marketers would have you believe that habits can be created in 21 easy days. That's a lie. 30 days, also a lie. Science, I trust science. Science says 66 days. And I wanted to add in a buffer for myself. So I created this nifty little 90 day experiment for myself to see, can I actually teach myself these habits? Can I actually learn these behaviors and change my thoughts and adopt the ones I want? Yes. So that's, that's where we are currently. It and you wrote a book about the other it. side of that. Yes. Mm, okay. So what's the title of the book and give us, I mean, bring it to life for us as we're listening. Sure. The title of the book is the six habits and these are mental habits. Lots of people think of habit as brushing our teeth, having coffee every day, maybe swearing too much, things like that. Good or bad habits are so much more than what we do. It's, it's what we think but I never realized this. I always thought it was just the things you can see happening. The most important habits you have are the ones that occur in the mind. Your habit of how you respond to conflict, your habit of how you respond to something going wrong, your habit of how you respond to an opportunity. Do you respond with, I can do this, this ain't nothing. Or do you respond with, I don't know if this is gonna work out. You have a mental habit in terms of how you respond to life. And this is what the book is all about. The book is all about the way you interact with yourself, with life and the rest of the world. So the six habits are really clear. They're really obvious. They're really easy in name, but this is where people, and I always like to say this because I think it's important that people really understand this. People tend to take a look at the concept of the six habits and dismiss what's there because of its extraordinary simplicity. And because we've heard these words before, like habit number one is kindness. People are like, oh, okay. They just stop listening. 
lots of people think of kindness as the way we treat others. And that is true. It is how we treat others, but it's also how we treat ourselves. And it's the way that I'm talking about it. Kindness as a mental habit is how you automatically treat yourself with the thoughts, words, and actions of love to yourself from yourself. And I'll give you a really, really fine example. Think about a mom of a three-year-old. We are that mom and we are also the three-year-old. We're both. If the little three-year-old inside of us falls down and skins her knees, what's mom going to do? Is mom going to say, you suck, you deserved it? No, but that's what we do to ourselves. A real mom is going to say to her child, oh, sweetie, it's okay. Come on, you'll be all right. Stand up and try again. I believe in you. Come on, it's okay. You did your best, right? We don't speak to ourselves that way, but we need to. Because inside of us is that little three-year-old. That, that little bitty person that just wants to be innocent, loved, and do a good job and have other people like them. Even if you're crusty and grizzled, you still want those things, right? If we can get to the place where we are our own nurturing parent as a default, that is when we know we've become truly kind to ourselves and we are masters of self-kindness. And that's the first habit. So I like thinking about things in terms of child-parent relationships, because when we think about things that way, it just becomes so much easier. Every single person listening to this show was a child at one point. Not every person is a parent, but every person had a parental figure, be it a foster mom or an adoptive mom or an actual mom or just a dad or whatever. We all had these figures that we recognize in our lives. And we don't always recognize that they are within us, mm -hmm. right? So the six habits themselves, they, like I said, they do tend to get dismissed because they're so simple. Can you and share what they are? I'll, can you give us the other five? Yeah, I will. So the second habit is acceptance. Acceptance of ourselves. Really hard. This is accepting who we are, the mistakes we've made, what we look like, and deciding fully we love ourselves completely, unconditionally. Anyway warts and all. Much easier said than done. You have gratitude. That's another one that people tend to dismiss. I'm like, oh, whatever. I write my gratitude list every night. And that's good to do. But when we think about gratitude through this type of context, gratitude for the hard things in life, gratitude for the things that we take for granted. Like, have you ever sat on a beach? I sit on the beach a lot. So living on Maui, I see a lot of tourists here. Not as many as I used to, but I see a lot of tourists. And one of the things that I see is so many people taking pictures of the sunset. Some appreciate it, but most are taking pictures of it, right? But how many of those people are saying, thank you, God, for the eyes and for the moment that I can appreciate and witness this beauty, right? We always take it for, take it for granted that we have eyes and we have such a wonderful thing like the gift of sight. You know, again, not everyone listening may have sight, but you get the idea. Like we take things for granted or taking for like being grateful for 2020. This year has been an epic dirtbag. I'm just saying. <laughs> and we can still be grateful for what it has revealed within us, how it is changing our culture for the better, how it is making people less rigid in business. So instead of insisting on face-to-face -face meetings, which you can't do anymore, people are more willing to accommodate video meetings when people are farther away. Now you can do business all over the world, literally. So gratitude is the lens of appreciation through which you view all of life and the ups and downs and everything. The fourth habit is presence and choosing the moments right in front of you. And sometimes the bad ones, 
I'll give you two examples. We talked about the sunset and I told you how most people when I'm on the beach, all the tourists are taking pictures, trying desperately to capture that perfect photo that they'll probably never look at again. You can always tell the locals because they're the ones actually just looking at the sunset and appreciating it. There's a novelty to it that wears off, right? But only if you let it. When you're present with something, you fully appreciate it. And when you're present with something that's not going right, you're fully experiencing it and you're going to be processing that trauma much faster. For example, I went through two miscarriages. The first one, not really that amazing. Didn't really do that, to, do that much to me. It was very emotionally traumatizing, but physically it was fine. The second one was extremely emotionally traumatizing and extremely physically painful. And I chose to be present with it. And it was very difficult. Because of that, I went through the experience much more thoroughly. I don't carry it with me. I can talk about it freely. I get lots of people, oh my God, you had a miscarriage. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm not like... I went through it and now I can support you and I'm good. I'm really good. And I don't have kids and maybe I'm not meant to. And it's because of that, that now I can get to share these messages with the world. It's all good. And I only got here because of my ability to be present. Presence is important. And we think of presence as mindfulness. And I remember taking a, a class at the retreat center and like, they all gave us an almond. Be with the almond, taste the almond, roll it around in your mouth. Feel the texture on your tongue, feel the flavors, smell it, look at it, blah, blah, blah. Be really mindful. That's important as well as it is to go through an experience or even just listening to my voice right now and being present with what I'm saying. Get your brain off Starbucks and how bad you want that coffee or the laundry that's waiting for you or the fact that you want to punch your husband. Like just be present with the moment and listen to the words that are here for you. That's it. So then you've got habit number five, which is the habit of goodness. I can't tell you how much people really struggle with this one because it's ignored. Goodness is the proactive addition of good into our lives and the active subtraction of toxic from our lives. It's energy management. That's what it is. We have to be the gatekeepers of our energy. We have to safeguard what's coming in and make sure that it's the good things we want that contribute to us. It's like, if you think about goodness as diet, it's not diet, but just think of it in that context. And when you're adding to yourself, if you're just consuming nothing but fats and sugars, fats and sugars, fats and sugars, fats and sugars, that's probably going to add up and be pretty toxic for you. Or you can probably focus on having fruits and vegetables, good proteins, blah, blah, blah. And that's good for you. So if you think about how, you know, you are what you eat, you are what you consume energetically too. It's so, so true. So what does this look like? Well, it looks like things like self-care. Self-care sometimes is being in a horrible meeting that makes you want to gouge your eyes out and taking five minutes to yourself so you can actually recenter and honor what you need in that moment. Sometimes self-care looks like, no, I'm not doing the dishes right now. I'm going to do Candy Crush because this is what I really need right now. And that's okay. And not judging yourself for it. Sometimes it looks like, no, Uncle Bob, I do not want to discuss gun control in the United States over Thanksgiving dinner. Thank you for respecting my boundary. Okay. <laughs> like we have to honor what we need as humans and stop putting ourselves last. When we realize that in order to serve others, we must serve ourselves first and we can give at our biggest, most brightest capacity when we fill up our cup first, that's when we truly get it right. The final habit is the habit of intention. Intention is how we process our desires. It's how we go after what we want. It's, it's the, it's the gas in our tank. It's the, you know, the, the punch in our coffee. It's, it's the thing that gives us clarity around what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're going to get there. 
It's action forward. Sometimes it's a nitty bitty, teeny little step forward. Just a little one. It doesn't need to be huge. And when we move forward through our lives with intention, it's not always a big goals. Sometimes it's, okay, my whole life is a mess right now and I can't control anything because this world is really weird. But what I can control is me. And today my house is a mess and I intend to clean this home and I will do it. And then you do it and you make damn sure you do it. So you're actually touching all six of the habits in cleaning your home. All of the habits play nicely in the sandbox together and they support each other. But it's with that intention that you're able to move mountains and really step into your fullest, biggest expression of your life. And I mean, I could go on and on. I won't. I can give you lots of examples about how this shows up and, you know, what it looks like for us. I mean, if you want, I'm happy to unpack some examples of how it shows up in business. A lot of people don't think that the, the habit stuff shows up in business, but it does. Okay. So you're a really rich soul. So as we are listening to this, Laura, you know, you, how did you get into that space though? I mean, so you said, you know, you spent time to study and research, you know, you had kind of a a wonky background, right? I mean, the things that were mentioned, bullying, abuse, bankruptcy, you know, how can you be the spirit that you are today? Connect the dots for us. I mean, what was it about the research that transformed you to be such a thought leader and, and a giver of this knowledge today? I don't think it's the research that transformed me. Um, the, trans- the, the research actually awakened me to realizing that my purpose is to serve others. And it feels great, by the way. I love it. But it was actually doing the work of the habits that helped me to be the person I want to be. So if you do the six habits and you do not wish to be a super spiritual person the way I am, you're not going to be that person. You're going to be the person you want to be. I always wanted to be a person that is calmer, more tranquil, more thoughtful, more composed, more powerful, a better leader, a nicer wife, a better daughter. I wanted to be a lot of these things. And I always wanted to be more like personally courageous, like not looking at a mountain going, whoa, that's too big. No, I want to look at it like, let's climb the thing. I let's move. Oh my God. Let's, let's move to an Island 5,000 miles away from my mom. Like I wanted to be the person that had courage and really is a person that I could admire. So when I mastered these six habits, I gradually, I didn't even notice it really. I just kind of gradually and automatically became the self that was always being suppressed for so long under all my crap. We all have crap. We have our insecurities. We talk to ourselves like crap. We don't accept ourselves. We just take life for granted. Just like, nah, I'm a victim. Everything's going wrong for me. And we're distracted and checked out. And we let toxic crap come into our lives all the time. And we're just kind of aimless. And that is suppressing who you really are. It's suppressing your fullest expression of self. It's suppressing your dreams. It's suppressing your joy. So what you're seeing is the me I've always been without all the layers of bull on top of it. Mm, very, very poignant. Okay. So let's, as we're coming into the close of this episode, so give our listeners, I mean, how, give us a nugget that they can apply this to their business world. I mean, I, I believe in, you know, business and in life, there's an intersection, but, but give us um, a nugget on, on business as, as we're launching into this new year and we're operating and we're listening to these habits and we want to infuse them into our business. How would you recommend we do that? I would be delighted to talk about that. So 
I've been in business since 19, uh, about to be 40 in like five minutes here. And for all these years, the things that have always helped me to close the biggest sales, make the biggest, boldest moves in business was the, the whispers of these habits, the times that I got it right, the times that I swung for the fences, right? Just, yeah, I didn't try to like punt and make it really small. No, 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 no. When you think about business as a, as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, what do you need? You need courage. You need the ability to be cool under pressure and not freak out when things go wrong. You need to be a good leader and inspire through creativity and through grace and to be able to show up as your best self. You need the ability to properly price your services and stand your ground. You need to be able to fire clients from hell. You need to attract the best people that are a reflection of who you really want the company to be. And when you master the habits, think about it. All the things that I just mentioned, they apply to business, all of them, right? Let's say you're going to swing for the fences and you want to go in after a contract that's three times the size of the biggest thing you ever sold. Just visualize this moment, right? You're shaking. You got this piece of paper in your hand. You're about to hand this proposal to some person and it's three times bigger, right? You know, there's a part of you that's terrified. They're not going to accept this. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to close it, right? This is too big. I need to scale back, right? Your fears are keeping you down. However, if you're that nurturing parent and you're kind to yourself, and you're like, no, mm -mm, nope, you got this. You will close this. Hold your ground. You are worth what you are asking and you are going to over deliver the hell out of this. Do this with power. If you say that to yourself, you are 10 times more likely to close that for the price you wanted and not back down and also start that relationship from a place of authority and power versus I'm so sorry. Nobody wants to do that. Right now, if you accept yourself as a business leader, you're going to know, you know what? I am not really great in this particular department. I am therefore smart enough to hire someone to do this for me because I don't need to prove my prove to myself and others that I'm good at all the things. Now I accept that I'm not. It's cool. I'm going to hire someone for that. And guess what? Your company grows because you just got out of your own way. When you're grateful and you express gratitude to your clients, they stay longer. When you express gratitude to your employees, they stay longer. When you are grateful, it shows up in the universe and your attitude and your energy is different and you end up magnetically attracting more prosperity. When you are present with your team, with your vendors, with your opportunities, your speaking engagements, whatever it is that you do and you're present with the challenges in front of you, you can figure them out faster. You can solve problems with ease and grace, and you, you're able to really experience the joy that is owning a business versus wanting to rip your hair out of your head every day. Oh my God, this entrepreneurship stuff is so hard. Yep, it sure is. It, is. it ain't for the faint of heart. Um, <laughs> right. But right. you can choose to enjoy it, right? Goodness. Goodness is important. How does that affect you? Bye-bye clients from hell. You get to raise your prices. Oh, you don't get to treat me that way. Bye. I don't care how much you're charging me. Money ain't green from you. You gotta go. It was the most amazing thing ever when I fired my first clients. I was like, oh my God, I've arrived. Oh, yeah. And that happens. It, like it's, oh, what a transformation. It is. Like, being able to have that experience of declaring clear boundaries of the way you will be treated as a leader, as a provider, as a boss. That's important. 
right? It also makes your work more fun. And with intention, oh my God, that is the habit of entrepreneurs right there. That is, I'm going to build this machine. It is going to work and I will figure this out and I will find the easiest path to success versus the hardest one. Oh, hell no. Failure? No, not an option. Sorry, not today. Okay. So how they show up in business. And, and, and the way that you do it to Laura, the way that you speak that tone, I mean, it, it obviously you're a living, breathing version of this. And, and I think people are listening to that and it's resonating that um, you just exude it because you're walking that talk. You're, you're, you've just immersed yourself in, in the core principles of these habits and then how they serve at a very, very big level. Okay. So we are coming into the close. What is your last um, word of advice for somebody who, you know, if you're listening to this at the, at the kickoff of a new year, 2021. Um, Based on your experience, what kind of challenge or advice would you like to leave our listeners with today? The challenge is is actually quite simple. I do recommend read the book. Go to thesixhabits.com, the S-I-X habits.com. Get the book. It's on audio. It's on ebook. It's a paperback. It's whatever you need it to be. Get the information and then you'll love this. Do the work. The book is loaded with so many wonderful free tools for you to use to like really get in touch with where you are, who you are, what do you most want and, and how you can shape the mastery of your own life. So get the information, read the book and then do the work. You deserve it. Don't sit on the sidelines. What a great message. Laura, this is an absolute fantastic um, conversation with you. I mean, it's just very enlightening and I'm really, really excited to to get your book and to share it with others. So that is where um, we close. Any direct contact, like where can we find you? What kind of, um, how can we add you to our circle of influence? So I am on all the social platforms. I was on TikTok, but then I discovered, oh, right, I'm not cool. Um, <laughs> I can't dance and I'm not funny. So sorry, I guess I'm out. Um, but I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook and all those things. But if you just go to the sixhabits.com, the word six spelled out, the S-I-X habits.com, you can connect with me through email, social, shoot me a note, whatever you want. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for being part of this episode and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. Marlo.